The St. Lawrence Seaway is this huge, important economic driver that's right in our backyard. Those massive ships you see all summer on the St. Lawrence River are going between Great Lakes ports as far as Minnesota and to countries all over the world, carrying ore, grain, salt, sometimes wind turbine parts. But right now, it's all come to a standstill. Seaway workers on the Canadian side are striking for more pay. And suddenly, a main artery of commerce in North America is just blocked up. That's today's story of the day. Support for Story of the Day comes from Pearsall Wealth Management at UBS Wealth Management USA, subsidiary UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC, 1 Broad Street, Glens Falls. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Monday, October 23rd. First up, New York Governor Kathy Hochul's father died while she was touring wartime Israel last week. Hochul wiped away tears as she slipped a note grieving her loss into the Western Wall holy site in Jerusalem on Thursday. Hochul's 87-year-old father, John Jack Courtney, died suddenly from a brain hemorrhage while she was on the second day of her trip to support Israel during its war with Hamas. The Democratic governor met with top Israeli leaders and heard painful stories from families of American citizens taken hostage by Hamas militants. She shared her takeaways from the visit during a virtual press conference. These are my messages. Solidarity, deep concern for the people of Israel, particularly in the aftermath. Bring home the hostages, as well as get that humanitarian aid flowing. People need it. The Israeli military has been attacking Gaza in retaliation for the cross-border massacre by Hamas more than two weeks ago. More than one million Palestinians have fled their homes and thousands have died. The 2024 election is still a year away, but Representative Elise Stefanik is crushing her opponents in the race for New York's 21st congressional district in early fundraising numbers. Kara Chapman has more. According to Federal Elections Commission filings, Stefanik's campaign raised close to $1.2 million from July through September. Her opponent's campaign numbers pale in comparison. Jill Lochner of Saratoga County brought in about $350 last quarter. She hopes to challenge Stefanik in the Republican primary. Stephen Holden Sr. is the lone Democrat in the race. He posted $0 in receipts from July through September. Republican Congresswoman Claudia Tenney is the only candidate registered with the FEC for New York's 24th congressional district. That includes the Thousand Islands and Watertown. Tenney's campaign raised almost $309,000 last quarter. Mario Frado of Geneva announced plans to primary Tenney earlier this month for the Republican line. As of Friday, he had not yet filed financial disclosures for this election cycle. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio. Applications to take the New York State Trooper entrance exam open today. Recent changes to eligibility requirements have significantly widened the applicant pool. Earlier this summer, the maximum age for recruits was changed from 29 to 34. Since then, the state police reports about 3,000 people have applied who were previously ineligible. The state police also revised its tattoo policy, allowing any tattoo that is completely covered when in uniform. Both changes were made in an effort to bolster the pool of applicants as law enforcement agencies statewide struggle with recruitment. The first entrance exam is scheduled for November 6th. (laughs) 
Canadian workers on the St. Lawrence Seaway are on strike, essentially shutting down the shipping waterway along the St. Lawrence River. More than 100 ships are stuck waiting to get in. The seaway is vital to both Canadian and U.S. economies. It contributes 30% of economic activity and jobs for both countries, much more in Canada than the U.S., The strike comes at a crucial time when Midwest farmers are exporting their grain harvest overseas. Catherine Wheeler spoke with Michael Folsom of the St. Lawrence Seaway Ship Watchers Network about the strike's potential economic impact. The strike means really a chokehold on commerce. So no vessels are able to transit at this point between Montreal and Lake Erie. So that means no exports from the upper great lakes are able to reach overseas destinations it means any end of year shipping from overseas that was coming to the great lakes those ocean vessels aren't able to enter the seaway to get those into middle america the the term chokehold is is what we're looking at 15 locks between montreal and lake erie are shut down two of which the us own and operate in messina uh, the other 13 are where the workers from the Canadian side walked off the job. Tell me a little bit about why these Canadian Seaway workers are on strike. Yeah, the workers have been on the job since March 31st without a contract, working in good faith. Uh, they had come to the table three times over the last several months. And unfortunately, despite having a, a mediator, the two sides could not come to an agreement. And it seems wages are the big factor in all of this. There is some health and safety uh, issues that have been brought to the table as well, but it primarily focuses around wages. And the Seaway likes to kind of relate this to the the auto workers' demands. Um, so either way, right now, money is is what's holding us back. How is the U.S. impacted in all of this? Well, the St. Lawrence Seaway is really the forgotten stepchild when it comes to economies. We're talking 200 million tons of cargo every year being moved. So, you know, this strike is is going to impact and, and the longer it lasts is going to have impacts on not only ships that were coming and and bringing cargo to the United States, but all the cargo that was going to be exported, now you have backups, especially with grain elevators. There's only so much capacity. So now as more grain comes into the ports, where does it go? This is the first actual strike since 1968. So 55 years ago, uh, there was a walk-off. There had been threats since, but this is the, the first real shutdown and back then, like the port of Milwaukee, uh, port of Detroit, Cleveland, they all had substantial losses, daily losses in the hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, that now is equivalent to millions of dollars uh, daily. So the impact is going to be long and deep, and it could mean layoffs, uh, those port workers, because there was no traffic or minimal traffic on the upper Great Lakes at that point, they started laying off dock workers. Um, it, it's all the trickle-down effect, and at the end of the day, uh, it could hurt you and me 
I think the stakes in this situation is higher costs. What are you hearing about negotiations between the St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation and Unifor, the union? Negotiations, uh, unfortunately, have legitimately stopped, stalled. Uh, they they were at the table until just before midnight on Saturday. Uh, the union representative told me uh, at midnight that they were done and walking away. Um, you know, so <laughs> it, it sounds to me like it's going to take a lot of pushing and shoving to get both parties back in the same room. And some are, are asking government to get involved. There's just a lot of unknowns, it seems, at this point. Michael Folsom runs the St. Lawrence Seaway Ship Watchers Network, which posts news about the Seaway and amazing photos of the ships that travel on the St. Lawrence River. You can find his posts on Twitter, now X, and on Facebook. So Friday afternoon, around 6.15, we did it. NCPR listeners and online readers and podcast listeners and app users came together to raise $350,000. We're actually over by more than $5,000 now. That money makes sure you have fact-based, trustworthy journalism covering the world, the country, and our little corner here in the North Country. So thank you so much for donating for all of us who rely on public radio. If you were busy and didn't get your donation in, it's not too late. Just go to ncpr.org give and donate there. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Music today by Danny Thomas of Canton and Ben Cato of Jay. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.